about that. In three, two, one. Yeah, I was I was eleven seconds behind. You figure out why that was. I was monitoring the user wrong feed. error. Yeah, big time user I error. Hey, good morning. Welcome. Can't even say it. User error. It's Tuesday, August sixth, on the morning show, show number four zero eight one. I'm awake. My mouth is not. David Allen, rather Natalie attired today, a little dressed up, huh? Well, we got a little special occasion going on today. So. Do we? Yeah. What's that? Well, the number Jennifer one. Jennifer in town? Uh, <laughs> well, you just ruined my day. Sorry. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> the only thing I could think of that would get you to dress up. Nothing Nothing could compare to that. So now everything is, uh, well, we've got some ratings coming out today. And, and uh, we've got a new member of the Today? F- yeah. That was tomorrow. I think it's tomorrow. Oh, don't do that to me, man. I'm pretty sure it's tomorrow. No, I'm pretty sure it's today. I'm pretty sure it's tomorrow. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm going to... All right, fine. I'm going to take my clothes off. Then. <laughs> Give it two hours and 50 53 minutes okay yeah, we got a new us, member of the family that we're we're welcoming uh, at a luncheon today so okay well there you go uh it is uh, it's good to be with you this today now yeah today is going to be interesting uh, on the blog page already i'm so i'm so excited at what I have on the blog page. Just posted something 25 minutes ago. Finally, my boys over at Prager Use got fed up with this whole narrative on Trump's a racist. And they took it on. What I've been saying for how long now? That's not what he said. They have blown this thing, they have lied, they have deceived. The mainstream media is full of liars, conspirators that want to derail anybody who's a Republican or a conservative. It's just that simple. Because there's such a lack of integrity. And you know what? You could bow all this, tie this all up and put a bow on it and and turn it into a, a pretty logical gift. Why are, we ha- why are there more shootings now? Why does the mainstream media behave this way? They all come from a common cause, I think. And it's a lack of moral clarity in this country. There was a time the mainstream media simply buried their personal views. They reported. They don't do that anymore. And we're suffering as a result of it. Anyway. Let's get to, well, here we go. I mean, this this verse fits perfectly. Two verses from Proverbs 4, verses 23 and 24. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free of perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. There's a verse that goes, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. When I hear people talk, I kind of know what's going on inside their life. And certainly, that's helpful 
because you want to know what's really going on. And sometimes intense anger manifests in what comes out of the mouth. And it gives you an opportunity to say, hey, man, what's what's going on? You're really angry. The words that you're using, the tone. Proverbs makes it clear. Guard your heart. Ten minutes after the hour. Man, we're just... I haven't even teed up the, the day in history. And here we go. It's the Morning Show with Preston Scott. Morning Show with Preston Scott. Great Scott! On News Radio 100.7 WFLA. Open up the pages of the American Patriots Almanac. To, before, uh, before you get started on the good stuff. Well, I'm, I don't know how good it is. Yeah, well, today's National Root Beer Float Day. Oh. That just needed to be mentioned. Oh, that's it does. A, that's worth a mention. So. It's not historical, but it could well, become. I don't know. It could become <laughs> historical depending on how good your root beer float is. Yeah, it's kind of historical to me because I remember my first root beer float. It was one of those journeys to Cape Canaveral and a stop at an A&W root beer stand. Yes. I've, I'd never had a root beer float before, and it was like... <gasps> and the angels sang. and yeah, <laughs> There was a halo around that jug of root beer, I'll tell you that. Oh, man. Good to know. All right, by the summer of 1945... It was becoming clear that the Allies would win World War II in the Pacific, but it was also clear that Japan intended on making it a very long, ghastly fight. Some U.S. war planners feared that as many as 300,000 Americans could die in an invasion of the Japanese homeland where Japan had some 2.5 million regular troops. Japanese civilians ready to fight with everything from bamboo spears to suicide bombs prepared themselves with the slogan, a hundred million will die together for the emperor and the nation. Thousands of planes stood ready for kamikaze missions. Japanese ground troops had already begun mass suicide attacks. Devastating American losses at Iwo Jima and Okinawa. The continuing unwillingness the Japanese military to, cont- to consider surrender and the death of each month of thousands of Allied prisoners held by Japan convinced President Harry Truman of the need to use a newly developed atomic bomb to end the war. On August 6th, 1945, a B-29 named the Enola Gay dropped a single atomic bomb on the city of Hiroshima. An intense flash gave way to a huge mushroom cloud that rose over the city, followed by a fireball that destroyed five square miles and resulted in 140,000 deaths. Now you know why I wanted to mention the root beer float up front. When the Japanese did not surrender, the U.S. dropped a second bomb on Nagasaki on August 9th. More than 70,000 people were killed instantly. An additional 75,000 were horribly injured, alerting the world to the nightmare of radiation poisoning. 
On August 15th, Emperor Hirohito called upon his people to endure the unendurable and surrender. In all the allied countries, people burst forth in outpouring of unrestrained joy, but with the celebration came the sobering realization that the world would never be the same again, and it hasn't. But let me also point this out. Through the horror of that war, look at what has happened in the relationship with Japan. To that end, Germany and Italy, the Axis powers. Now, me? I think that speaks to the remarkable restraint of this country. We could have just taken all of those lands. We didn't. Well, that would have made us what we were fighting against. Exactly. Exactly. But there's always been talk of, well, when the military is running things, that's when you know what's really what, what really drives a nation. Search for power and conquest and more territory, i.e. Hitler, Germany, Russia, China, at that time, Japan. And so I just, it's just fascinating to me how uh, the wheels of history reveal and how, how life just turns and you just see things unexpected. 16 minutes after the hour, it's the morning show. When you FLA on hundreds of devices like Alexa, Google Home, Xbox, and Sonos. You have got what appears to be a dynamite sound. And iHeart's radio station. after the hour it's a pretty 73 degrees here in the capital city along the gulf coast quite a bit warmer it's eight degrees warmer 81 in panama city 66 in cloudy in green bay and in boone north carolina oh i can't wait for this 57 oh. heading to just 79 sunshine and clouds mixed crisp winds light and variable Cicadas just singing this morning. I'm oh, sure. no, they don't sing. Cicadas don't sing. They make an annoying noise. <laughs> okay. I really can't argue that point. Ugh. Ugh. Brutal. I told somebody, speaking of North Carolina, mm-hmm. I told a relative of mine that uh, they were talking about the cicadas, and I said, Yeah, we don't have them here. I don't, I've never heard. And then I walk out the other day and there's like cicadas on one of the posts leading into my home and i was like well look at there how about that they it was as if to say oh really, really? David? <laughs> here's a reminder pal what do you mean you don't have them here all right fine the lead cicada nailed one of his boys to your doorpost let that be a reminder <laughs> we'll be outside your window tonight Which helps me to go to sleep. I love that. Not me. So what do you think is going to happen when Scott Maddox and Paige Carter-Smith show up at uh, U.S. District Court today? I won't believe it until I hear it. Oh, they're... I won't believe it until I hear it. Until it comes through on the news. Now, here's a few things that you ought to know. 
the feds don't plea bargain the way state court cases and and prosecutors plea bargain it's a very different type of pleading that goes on in a federal case usually you have to accept the primary charges and then they'll consider some of the peripheral charges some of the outlying stuff it's like there's core for example in the indictments scott maddox who for those of you that are new to the radio program former mayor of tallahassee who then left to become the chair of the democrat party for the state of florida when he left that job he left them in ruin financially to the irs that's a fact it's not it's not me trying to spin anything because I'm not real high on on Mr. Maddox, and just because he tried to get me fired, but but that's a that's a that old chestnuts for another. That's day. a side note. We're just stating facts this morning. He then came back to Tallahassee to work as uh, after failing. I think he was running for the Department of Agriculture, and Adam Putnam just drubbed him. And so he lost his effort at statewide race, decided he was going to be a city commissioner again, easily won re-election, a very skilled politician. Problem is, he also had ethical lapses, significant ones, and everybody knew it. And that's one of the things that really annoyed me is that all these years, the people that worked with him and around him knew, and they did nothing. But I'll set all that aside to say that um, he and his longtime associate, business partner, Paige Carter-Smith, they were indicted by a federal grand jury. Now, that's a large group of people that hear evidence and say, yes, we're not convicting. Grand juries don't convict. What grand juries do is grand juries listen to the evidence and they say to a prosecutor, there is ample reason to believe that you have a case. So we, we agree. And so a federal grand jury looked at all of the evidence before it would ever go to trial. They're not the people that listen to the trial. They're the people that determine if there's a trial that's going to happen. And so a federal grand jury indicted Maddox and Paige Carter-Smith on racketeering, extortion, wire fraud, bank fraud um i believe bribery was in that list there are others that have been indicted or there's another that has been indicted but the word is that there's going to be a a plea that includes guilty on several charges and cooperation with other investigations plural plural there are a lot of people because you get to a point i said this last week you get to a place where you realize the mountain of evidence that's there and you just are like i gotta cut the best deal for me friendships forget that there are a lot of very nervous people right now in the capital city area as well there should be 27 minutes after the hour it's the morning show is this without caffeine? The morning show with Preston Scott on News Radio 100.7 WFLA.
Good morning. You are just waking up. Time to get after it. It is Tuesday, and it's August 6th, show number 4081 of the Morning Show with Preston Scott. David Allen over there in Studio 1A. I am here in Studio 1B. Sal Nuzo in the third hour. Man, we are coming coming fast and furious at committee weeks. Uh, everything's up. Everything's moved up because we have a presidential election. You can believe it. We're, we're there. Um, we, we will have an unbelievable 2020. The intrigue, the storylines, the constant effort to keep the mainstream media honest and to keep you informed with truth. <laughs> it, will, it will be an unending effort. As we get closer, but as a result of the election year, the special session, not special session, the legislative session gets bumped up to January, February. And uh, I think it ends the very beginning of March, but but everything moves up. So uh, just keep that in mind. So as a result, if you have anything to say to lawmakers, committee week is coming in September, I believe, September, October. But we'll get all that info from uh, Sal Nuzo. Uh, big stories in the press box. Democrats are incensed at this simple expression. President Trump, mental illness and hatred pulls the trigger, not the gun. As a result, Democrats are using profanity. Senator Cory Booker running for president. Such a beep, beep soup of ineffective words representative tim ryan of ohio uh f word me um he went on to say uh earlier yesterday mitch mcconnell needs to get off his bleep and do something republicans need to get their bleep together stop pandering to the nra period um they're pandering to the united states constitution loser that's what they're pandering to the United States Constitution. Let me share something that uh, Trey Gowdy said just a second. But uh, Representative Beto O'Rourke, what do you think? You know he, you know the bleep he's been saying. He's been calling Mexican immigrants rapists and criminals. No, he's been calling out criminals who are illegal immigrants. They. And because no one in the mainstream media holds them accountable for the stuff they say, they just keep saying it. I don't know, like members of the press, what the bleep. That, so they're just a bunch of profane children. That's what they all are, no matter their age. The Dow jumps down, uh, falls down, about 800 points. China devalued the yuan, their, uh, their dollar. As a result, it's it. They said they would never weaponize it. They're weaponizing it. They're using the value of their money, their monetary. They're manipulating it to try to offset the tariffs that the United States is working with. Look, it's short-term pain for the United States, but this this has to happen. What's going on with China has to happen. Gannett going to be sold. They will be bought up, but they will continue to operate as Gannett, but not with Gannett leadership, ownership. 
it's going to be a pretty big monopoly on the newspaper industry. We'll see what comes as a result of it. It, it will be owned by uh, New Media Investment Group. And there's more. We'll get to it in a second here on The Morning Show. Is this heaven? No. It's The Morning Show with Preston Scott on WFLA. minutes after the hour. Former President Barack Obama made uh, released a statement on the shootings over the weekend without naming Trump, basically called him out. It, it's interesting because I wouldn't have thought that he would be as quiet as he was, as he has been. However, I think Barack Obama's been orchestrating everything behind the scenes as it relates to the Trump-Russia investigation. There's no doubt in my mind. And so the best thing he can do is to just be very, very quietly acting as David just mimed, the puppet master. And so as a result, when he makes a statement, it garners a tremendous amount of attention because he's so, quote, quiet. But you know what else I've noticed? He has said nothing in support of Joe Biden. Or any other candidate. But his vice president. His buddy, his running buddy. Two-term vice president, nothing. Crickets. Isn't that interesting? See... Obama was absolutely ripped in the last set of Democrat debates because he wasn't nearly liberal enough. (laughs) He nearly destroyed and tanked the U.S. economy. That wasn't enough. Um, But there's another big story here. Senate President, State Legislature Bill Galvano, Republican from Bradenton, He's not asking for a special session, but he sent a memo to all state senators urging them to focus on gun violence when committee meetings start in September. I'm going to be, by the way, I am going to be seeking to speak. Listen to what he said. Our focus should be on the steps the Senate can take to review and better understand the various factors involved in mass shootings, in addition to and including school shootings. So let's just think about this for a second. Have there always been disenfranchised people? Yes. Have there always been loners? Yes. Before the days of video games, were there people that would isolate themselves and not really acquire or have many friends, if any friends would sit in their rooms, would be sullen and downcast? Yes. Could they get guns? Yeah. Always. So what's different now? I think there are two things at work. Number one, 
what you find in a lot of mass shooters, not all, but many broken homes. But I think the biggest intangible in all of it is that these people get made famous. And to the the one I I've, I've been listening to all of the psychologists and psychiatrists and mental health experts and they talk about one common thread throughout most of these people is this isolation. A sense of hopelessness about their own life. So they want us they want to seek some degree of notoriety however they can attain it. And for many, that means in this day and age, social media, the lack of restraint by the mainstream media, it means getting your name out there. I don't think you have to look any really much deeper than that. If the media would show some level of restraint in publicizing these people's names, we might actually see a trend go the other way. At least that's what I'm going to say to the Senate. And the house. 46 minutes after the news. First, the morning show with Preston Scott on News Radio 100.7 WFLA. I neglected to tell you what Trey Gowdy said. He very succinct reaction to the shootings. He said, Show me a law that will prevent the next Sandy Hook and sign me up. Show me a law that prevents it. There isn't one. If you go to the extreme and just erase the Second Amendment from the U.S. Constitution, it does nothing to stop people from illegally obtaining guns and using them, only they'll, they'll have even more victims. There'll be nobody. Isn't there a part of you that believes they know that on the left? No. They know that. No, I think some know that. I think there are people that earnestly believe that that's the answer. Well, let's say the leaders on the left. I think they know that. They just use this as an opportunity for talking points to rally people to their side, to support their campaign. Bottom line is that they're profiting off of tragedy by, you know, I, something I'm getting to next hour, the fundraising. Man. They talk about... You're, you're kidding, We don't right? want to... No. That's despicable. And they, and they talk about... We don't... Well, Kamala Harris, she's raising money. She's using this to raise money. Uh, she said she's giving it to anti-gun groups. Well, she's using it for her campaign. She's, she's using her campaign resources to raise money to oppose the Second Amendment. She says, no more thoughts and prayers. Really? But it's okay to use the tragedy to raise money? Whatever. You know, I, I just... I've received... I've been inundated with email from people wanting me to talk about the political leanings of the shooters. I don't, I don't want to go there because it doesn't matter. 
there will be people on both sides of the aisle, if you want to just look at it as a left and a right political ideology, that commit these types of crimes. Now, of course, when there is somebody on the left, the, the, the left cleanses it and tries to change it and change the narrative, and, the, and they don't talk about it. Um, you know, for example, you would think Antifa, we called Clantifa, doesn't exist. You, you, you would think that there's, there, there's no group out there committing acts of violence on behalf, on behalf of the left. That's why I think it's somewhat important to talk about the political leanings, the writings, the manifestos of these people, because they all get pushed off as right-wing nutjobs, well, but that's not the case. Well, because this guy shot Mexicans in El Paso, they're assuming that he's a Trump acolyte. He's not. He, he totally he said they're going to blame this on, they're going to think that, that somehow President Trump had nothing to do with it. He, he doesn't like either party. But if you look inside of his writings, he's he's a guy who's an environmentalist. He's a climate change guy. He believes that he's earnestly starting a movement to lower the population of the United States. He, he believes that. He's nuts. Now, if you want to look ideology and just, okay, where does this idea line up? Where does the idea line up that, that we're abusing the planet, that we can't live uh, and support the number of people, you know, whether it's abortion or whether it's uh, infanticide or eugenics or what? It, 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 take your pick. You know, who, who is believed in the whole idea that we're killing our planet and we have no right to be here? I, I mean, whatever. I, I just, what I know is, there are nut jobs on each side of the political spectrum. And that's why I choose not to engage in any of this stuff. Because unless it's a... Now, this is an individual that they say is it's a terrorist, domestic terrorism. Okay, that's an individual. If it's Clantifa, I'm all in. Then we'll talk about that. Just like we would if it was Al-Qaeda or ISIS or any other group like that. A group. If white nationalists are going out and committing these types of crimes, you better believe it because their ideology is that of a loser. Bigoted, hate-mongering losers. A random wing nut? I don't think they're worth that time. It's time for news. Number two, the morning show with Preston Scott. Good morning, David Allen over there in Studio One. Hey, I'm here in Studio One B. Chester is uh, eh, sort of out and about. He's outside the log at least in Studio One C. Good morning, and uh, thanks very much for making time for us. <laughs> Sorry, that just struck me as another way of saying he's a little. He's a little loony. He's outside the log. Uh, folks have said that about me. You're, that you're outside the you're log? a little outside the log there, David Allen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Well, that's good to know. Um, well, you've worked with me for almost four years. What say you, sir? 
I'm moving on to the big stories in the press box. The uh, The phone lines are open, 850-205-9352, 850-205-9352. We're going to take calls in a couple of seconds because I want to ask your opinion on uh, on a question that Senator Bill Galvano is asking. What's the cause of gun violence? Now, there are other big stories in the press box. Let me detail them very quickly for you. Uh, Gannett being bought out by New Media Investment Group, backed by, um, uh, or the other way around, Fortress Investment Group, backed New Media. Yeah, Fortress Investment Group is the backing for New Media Investment they're buying Gannett for $1.4 bill. It's going to be the largest newspaper company in, in the United States. What happens to Gannett? Well, it's going to still operate. The brand is still out there. Uh, I don't think it's a good brand. I think it's a damaged brand because of the bad, uh, bad media they've, they've engaged in over the last few decades. But it is what it is. Uh, the down is down, uh, not just in America, over what China did, devaluing the yuan. But in London, in Germany, in France, in Tokyo, in Hong Kong, and in Shanghai, uh, all the uh, all the indicators are down. We'll see what happens. I, I think it had to happen. Uh, someone had to stop China, and China's playing a game of Russian roulette with its own currency. Okay. The Dems attacking the president using profanity, blaming him, in essence, for the shootings. And so we now come to why I want your calls. Florida State Senate President Bill Galvano, Republican, sent a memo to state senators urging them to focus on the causes of gun violence when they start committee weeks in September. Our focus should be on the steps the Senate can take to review and better understand the various factors in mass shootings in addition to and including school shootings. Now, you'll notice the words I think are very carefully chosen. To review and better understand. I don't hear him calling for laws. I hear him saying, we need to try to talk about this and then see what comes out of those talks. Now, what I'm asking you is let's take him up on it. All right. If you were in the legislature right now, you were in committee week, you were asked by the Senate president, what do you think is causing this? What would your answer be? And so I'm asking you to call and tell me, I don't need a long, lengthy monologue, just short and sweet. You won't have long to wait. 850-205-9352. Why do you think we have these types of crimes? Now, there are more of them. My question to you is why? What are the causes of these types of mass shootings? Obviously, we know what's going on in Chicago. People don't want to talk about that. So let's go ahead and pander to the question. Let's let's address it. Mass shootings, why? 850-205-9352. It's just your opinion. No, I'm not going to argue with it. I'm just I might ask a follow-up question. You and me. Next on the morning show with Preston Scott. Morning Joe with Preston Scott. Let me tell you something you already know. 
The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. On News Radio 100.7, WFLA. Nothing scary about this Q&A. Senate President wants to know what the cause of this type of gun violence, these types of shootings. Now, you know what I think. The gun has nothing to do with it. If if you took guns away, people would find a way to get them and they would find other means. It, it's I mean, that's just that's established. But what do you think? Let's talk to Rob. Rob, what are your thoughts? Good morning. Um, I felt this way for a long time. Uh, the difference between my youth and today's youth is church. Uh, church was a, a staple in our society. Um, I believe the Ten Commandments gave us a grounded, fundamental right and wrong uh, book, and that even if we decided to disobey the Ten Commandments, we always inherently knew they were there, and we were making the choice to do something wrong. And I think without that ability, um, there's no accountability for these kids, and there's no there's no hell, there's no major uh, no ultimate major... consequence. Yes, sir. Gotcha. Hey, Rob, thanks very much. I appreciate you sharing your thoughts. Neil, what do you think? Uh, well, I definitely agree with your last caller, uh, but I also think we need to look at the mental illness aspect mm-hmm. and and dig a little deeper than that. And just the uh, the psychotropic drugs that that just are uh, prolific these days. And you know, as those increase, it seems this you know not just the shootings, but a lot of this bizarre behavior, um, you know killings has taken place would you advocate anyone that is on certain types of medications would then be forbidden to obtain a gun or would have to turn theirs in until they were off the medication i think that's something we should look at i'm always very leery about limiting someone's rights but yes if you have if you have drugs that have a known side effect of possible suicide or violent acts yeah, that's that's a pretty good indicator that yeah, maybe we should keep these people away from things that are dangerous. Thanks very much. I appreciate it, Neil. Let's go to uh, Buddy. By the way, that frees up a line. I've got a couple segments here set aside. 850-205-9352. Good morning, Buddy. Good morning. How are you, sir? Good. Tell me what your thoughts are. I, I think the problem, uh, a lot of it is the video games. They've taken out the part. If, if you ever play one of the video games, you got to understand when you're playing this game, you get wrapped up into it. I played the game, so I know where I'm at with these. And you can sit here and take, you know, high-capacity magazines. It doesn't matter. Um, 1966, Tall Whitman set up in a tower at the Texas University and killed 14 and wounded 33 using a Remington bolt-action three-round magazine. So high-capacity magazines ain't going to stop anybody. Over in London and whatnot, they're using fans and cars and trucks to run over people. You've got to take these games away from people. If you, if you ever go in there and play the games, you understand where I'm coming from. I play these games online with kids who are eight, nine years old. And it's just terrible to listen to these kids play. And the parents have no clue. Okay. All right, buddy. You're, you're, you're holding games responsible to a large extent. Okay, let's see what uh, Jim thinks. Jim, thanks for calling in. Yes, sir. Good morning. Um, it boils down to a lack of a moral fiber in our country. And nobody has any consequences. Nobody cares about other people. There's no 
attitude of love thy neighbor as you would love yourself. Lack of moral uh, guidance. Fiber. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, fiber. There, there's no principle. There's no moral principle of right and wrong anymore. Thank you, Jim. I appreciate it. Let's go to Anna. Anna, last caller in the segment. What are your thoughts? My thoughts are video games, the violent video games, um, the lack of connection with other humans because they are um, engulfed in video games and also bullying. Okay. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Now, I will tell you that studies show violent video games do not correlate to these types of shootings. That's just what studies say. I know that there's a degree of desensitization that goes. I was reading a hunting magazine yesterday. Talked about a kid who was real young, made an amazing shot at like 600 yards. Was unfazed. There was nothing. There was no emotion. It was as if he was playing a video game. And the, and the guys that hunted with him were amazed at the shot. And they were scared at the fact that he didn't react to it. More of your calls, 850-205-9352. What are the causes of mass shootings? Why? Next on The Morning Show. WFLA on hundreds of devices like Alexa, Google Home, Xbox, and Sonos. Okay, good. That, sh- that, should-, that should be good. And iHeart's radio station. Try to get through as many callers as we can. We got through about six calls in the last segment. We'll see if we can do it again here, maybe more. We're answering the call of Florida State Senate President Bill Galvano, who sent a memo out to senators saying that when legislative committee meetings start in September, quote, our focus should be on steps the Senate can take to review and better understand the various factors involved in mass shootings. So what are the causes of these things? We've heard everything from a lack of morality and God's role in people's lives to the presence of video games. Um, what do you think, George? Thanks for being patient. Thank you, Preston. What I think is in the last 40 years, we've changed the focus from when does it become prevalent to put forth the rights of an individual with psychological and emotional problems versus the safety of society in general. Uh, last 30, 40 years, we've seen a very much decrease in uh, having people with those kind of problems have a safe place that we can place them to. They need to be out in society and we try to treat them. What do you think? Well, this segment, thank you, George. I appreciate the question, but I don't want to get to what I think in this segment. I get to do that five days a week for roughly three hours a morning. Uh, I want to hear from you, and you gave me some good thoughts there. Thanks so much for sharing. That frees up a line, 850-205-9352. And what do you think? Discipline. I'm sorry? They They have taken the discipline away from the family. They've taken the discipline away from the schools. Who's they? government how have they taken it away well i mean if you walk into a store and the child is screaming and the the mother spanks them and somebody happens to see it they're going to call the police okay because you are abusing that child 
and children have have become just they just have no discipline. They have no self worth anymore. This is really sad. All right, Ann. Hey, thanks very much. I appreciate the phone call. Let's go to uh, Harold standing by over here. Good morning, Harold. Good morning. Good morning, Preston. You- I'm going to take us back to Scripture. Okay. Malachi 4, 6 reads, And he shall turn the hearts, the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. This is emblematic, and in other areas we're seeing fatherhood, manhood. We are out of place. We are out of the order of God. And when men are out of place, fundamentally, society suffers. Thank you, Harold. I appreciate that. We were both kind of anticipating what you'd have to say. You did not disappoint. I appreciate the phone call. Let's go to Scott. Good morning, Scott. Good morning, gentlemen. Yes, uh, I agree with all of the above. It's When you take society and you turn everything upside down, this is what you get. You get the tail wagging the dog. Real quick, in 1998, my dad passed away. He was a World War II veteran, 40% disabled. I went to see Private Ryan. There were three young men sitting in front of me, probably 18, 19, 20. And that one scene, if you remember, if you saw the movie where the guy, when they hit the beach, the guy loses his arm, goes back and picks up his arm. Obviously, he's in shock. These three guys started laughing hysterically. My first impression was, and I'm a vet myself, was to pull them back one at a time and play Smash Mouth because I was so upset with seeing it. I just buried my dad like three days earlier. And I realized that after I thought about it, these guys think this is a video game. Yep. And that's exactly what they saw. And when you take things like everything that we're doing with, with how we, we, uh, we, we, we celebrate people that break the law, and then we take little babies and we kill them, when you turn everything upside down, you confuse everybody. When you take Bruce Jenner and give him a, an award at the ESPYs for, uh, for, for courage, people are confused. And, and everybody that says everything about discipline, lack of this, Malachi, biblical, take prayer out of schools, do all this, do all that. You take respect away from what human beings are, and you turn it upside down. You have a guy come out on a football field and, and say, now I can tell you what the, the flag's supposed to mean, and you can't, put, you can't make this and you can't make that. Everything's upside down. Thanks, Scott. I, get, I got you there. I got to move on. I want to take two more callers here. But uh, your bottom line is that uh, we've changed the price tags of everything in the store. And uh, I agree. Brian, thanks for calling. Hey, great show, guys. Thank you. Um, I I. Personally, of course, I think I have the answer, but I, I, th- I think the answer is pretty simple. Uh, Jesus said that evil walks among us, and he also directed us to resist evil. Now, how many interviews of witnesses were done where they said they were just feet from the shooter, and they were watching him shoot people, and all they could do was duck and hide? The answer is more guns. You have to have a way to defend yourself. And the law-abiding citizens are not going out and committing crimes with these. That's what the Second Amendment is for, as well as to throw off tyranny from the government. Brian, i got to move on. I appreciate your phone call. Thanks for listening in Pittsburgh, uh, my birthplace. Let's go to Don. Final caller, Don. Good morning, Preston. Thank you for taking my call. I'd like to say I agree with everybody that I've heard, especially Anne. I'm a public school teacher, and I see the consequences of children who are not being disciplined. Um, But I'd like to bring up social media. 
it used to be in small towns that everybody knew who the village idiot was. And if the village idiot started talking and ranting and raving, people would just shake their heads and move on. But social media has given a platform to every village idiot throughout the nation and the world. And people don't realize that these village idiots are giving opinions in a sense that they, they come across as facts. And they're screwing with people's heads and people are angry all the time because they're listening to so many village idiots. Thanks so much, Don. I got to move on. We got news staring us straight in the face, but we'll recap this in just a few minutes. It's the morning show with Preston Scott. One five minutes, and he'll give you something to talk about. The morning show with Preston Scott on News Radio 100.7 WFLA. Alrighty, 36, almost 37 minutes after the hour. Real late there, so we'll be short on this segment. Um, okay, we're getting some information here about the shooter in Dayton. All right. Dayton Daily News interviewed uh, a friend of his, Will L. Fakir. And in the interview, he told the paper that he stopped talking to him five months ago after the future killer held a gun to his head. Okay, let me just stop right there. What do you think? Is that a red flag? Is that a red flag? He told the paper that his former pal, quote, definitely not a right-leaning person. His political views definitely lean to the left. And believe it or not, he was actually pro-gun control. He was actually anti-Second Amendment. That's a quote. Now, there's always the possibility that somewhere along the line, this could be one of them, someone could commit one of these acts trying to spur the very discussions that are taking place right now by Democrats, trying to uh, uh, bully Congress, the president, into taking action. I'll go on. I don't know if this is the motive that made him snap. Again, this is in the Dayton Daily News. He said in the last months of their friendship, his friend was getting violent with pals and surveyed bars as good places to do, quote, damage. I'm not blaming this young man who is the former friend. But is there enough there that maybe those are red flags to make law enforcement aware of? Like we talked yesterday, those of you who are associated with people like this, that where a red flag comes up, I think it's your responsibility to say something. Let's see. Five months ago, the shooter held a gun to his head. In recent months, has talked about shooting up a bar identifying places that he could do damage and was getting violent with his friends what's that uh, what's that phrase that that we all began saying when terrorism became more of a part of our lives see something say something yeah okay now it's going to have to go further than that into your own personal lives and the people that you know Okay. I had mentioned that there were red flags in the, you know, the, this kid in Dayton. 
had been expelled from school for a period of time for a hit list. Remember? I mean, this guy had all the red flags. That's what we should be talking about. It's not about guns. 40 minutes after the hour, it's the morning show with Preston Scott. minutes after the hour of the morning show. Good morning. Sal Nuzo in just a little bit with the James Madison Institute. That Nuzo guy. You bringing in that Nuzo guy. Yeah, well, that's what you have to do when you get times like these. You got to bring in the, the heavy hitters. You, you, <laughs> when you do that, yeah. you don't realize it, but I mean, you, you're, you're channeling the Godfather, but you sound huh. like... Uh, <laughs> some reason his name just leapt out of my head what is it that you want me to do on this day my daughter's wedding i can't remember his name i'm having a i'm having what, a moment what do i owe this honor of your friendship before you didn't want to be my friend but now you want me to be your friend would a handshake and embrace have been so much to ask but i'll listen to you on this the day of my daughter's wedding <clears throat> Uh, Democrat Party raising money off of the uh, the shootings. DNC sent an email to supporters, signed off by former Congresswoman Gabby Giffords. Friend, the email begins, we can't afford to wait another day for another massacre to happen in our country. For lawmakers to address this, yet the defenders of the status quo, the gun manufacturing lobby, and every single politician who is paid to defend it, will tell you that horrific acts of violence are beyond our control. And then they go on to uh, Giffords adds, I'm telling you today this could not be further from the truth. You, you, you Democrats do realize that there are a ton of you in Congress that believe in the Second Amendment and support, and oh, by the way, receive money from the NRA, right? I mean, you, you do know that. The bottom line is that, uh, as Trey Gowdy said, the First Amendment means nothing if you're dead. The third, fourth, fifth, sixth, listed the amendments mean nothing if you're dead. The Second Amendment is the key to defending all of those other rights against a tyrannical government and or people and or a hostile foreign nation. It's, um, it's the Democrat Party that's raising money off of this. Kamala Harris sent out a note. No more thoughts and prayers. His, uh, her, sorry, her campaign director said in... in in response to the attack that, wait, she's raising money off of this? This is disgusting. The right-wing disinformation machine is in full attack. She is fundraising for gun violence prevention groups. Bleep straight, she's going to help fund the fight against gun violence in the wake of these horrific mass shootings. I just want to see one of them walk the streets of Chicago. Just one. Just one. 
the latest numbers? Let me pull them up here. Give me a second. Latest numbers in Chicago. There it is. As of right now, huh? One more since uh, the weekend. Eight dead, 63 shot in uh, the first five days of August. 63 shot. Last week, let's go to let's go to year to date. Shot and killed, 278 in Chicago alone. Let's take a walk down Chicago streets, Democrats. Let's walk the streets of the city that you have run for decades and decades. And let, let's go ahead and let's jump in our jets and jump to, to Baltimore, too. And let's walk the streets of Baltimore and decry gun violence. Let's see where your sympathies really extend, shall we? 46 minutes after the hour, it's the morning show. Still very, very cool. Six, by comparison, 73, sorry, in the capital city. 77 on the Gulf Coast, 66 in Green Bay, and sunny, clear, and a crisp 59 in Boone, North Carolina. Go Mountaineers. Uh, you've got a dense fog advisory in Boone until uh, 9 o'clock Eastern. Sun and clouds mixed today, high of 78. I figured it out. When you do your Godfather thing, you sound like Marlon Brando trying to do Christopher Walken. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Say, that's a great combination. All right. Uh, I, I gave the weather in Green Bay. Of course, Green Bay Packer fan. Uh, the Packers preseason kicks off. You'll, I'll be watching a little bit more of the starters because we've got a brand new coach, new offense. So they'll be giving Aaron Rodgers more reps in practice uh, games this year. Yeah, because, you know, he's, he's unpredictable. I mean, he's just, you know, he needs the, the extra work. Uh, actually, he does. I, it's been one of my complaints. Uh, they've started slow over the last few years because he's played like a total of eight snaps in the last two seasons uh-huh. in the preseason. Okay. It's just not enough football. Uh, but the Texans and the Packers held a joint practice yesterday. J.J. Watt, a Wisconsin native. J.J. Watt. Got to uh, ride a bike of a kid. It's a tradition they've done since the 1950s or mid-50s. I love this tradition. They uh, Kids would come to the practice field to watch them play because it was still summertime. And the players started to ride the kids' bikes. And it would be a point of great pride for the kids to talk about the players that were riding their bikes. Well, J.J.'s 290 pounds, um, as are many of the other players. But J.J.'s bike that he picked was the first kid that was standing in line. He was wearing an Aaron Rodgers jersey. He said, I don't care. I respect that. He said, this is an awesome thing. I wanted to be part of it. And well, so he promptly sat earlier, on the bike and broke it. He's from Wisconsin, so yeah. he's yeah. always wanted to do this. He said, I can't walk past a kid. He said, uh, I welcome the reception I've gotten since I've been been here. He said, uh, to see people wearing my jersey is pretty crazy. He said, it's one of the coolest traditions growing up here. I know how special it is to interact uh, with fans. And and he said, it's a great tradition. He said, that's what it's all about. 
And then he promptly broke the kid's bike. <laughs> but he did buy him a new bike, and then he upgraded to one with a little bit of a heavier heavier frame. So. <laughs> Here we go. It's a manly minute. Remember, uh, male by birth, man by choice. I thought you just did a manly minute. If you ride a kid's bike and you break it, you you replace it with a better one. Well, yeah. But this one can't wait. Went to uh, St. Augustine back a couple weeks ago, and uh, my my wife and I got on the on the trolley that takes you around town, and we. We saw this couple, and it just, they drew attention because the, the, the man was a big guy, and he was walking with his wife in his wake, as in 10, 15 yards behind was his wife. And he's kind of chewing on her a little bit, yelling at her, fussing with her in front of all these people, just making, just being a jerk. And she's struggling to get in and out of the trolley, and he's not helping. He's getting out, and he's just waiting on her and being impatient and, you know, having to light a cigarette. And she's – it's just – it was just rudeness on top of rudeness on top of rudeness. Teach your son how to help a lady up and down steps, in and out of chairs – and again, if someone doesn't want that help, I respect that. But when it's obviously needed, teach them to step up. Especially if it's their date or their wife. Teach them what it means to be a gentleman. That way one day you can look at your son and say, "Now you're moral. I was dumbfounded. It was funny because our paths crossed later in the tour and I helped my wife down and this lady looked at me and she said, oh, it's so nice to see a gentleman. She said out loud, hoping her husband would hear. It's time for news. Sal Nuzo next on The Morning Show. Two of the morning show with Preston Scott. Good morning. Thanks very much for joining us. Did I say hour number two? Oh my stars! It's hour number three. That's David Allen over there. Is. Huh? That's how fast it is. It doesn't doesn't feel like it's the third hour already. It is. It's it's hour number three. David Allen over there, in Studio One A. Rush Limbaugh called to say, "Geez, you guys are fast." <laughs> He usually talks about doing three hours in in roughly two hours and ten minutes or something like yeah, that. Yeah, fastest three yeah. hours in media. I, I've I've challenged him on that claim. I That's think that's why we, he yeah. just called. Just 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 go with me. Just go with it. All right. Okay. 
David Allen there in Studio 1A. I'm here in Studio 1B. <laughs> Sal Nuzo with the James Madison Institute with us. And two guests are? Yes, my 11-year-old daughter, Luciana, and my almost 10-year-old daughter, Isabella, are with me. Uh, closing out the summer, just got back from a little jaunt over to... Uh, to can we talk about i mean disney world yeah, it's yeah. Okay. okay yeah we we had a couple of days over at disney and then a uh, uh, john over on uh, norwegian sun nice to the bahamas had a great time when did we start counting half years i'm trying to remember because i'm not it's like there there might there might have been a time when i was just feeling like a child that i might have said well i'm 58 and a half well we <laughs> you know? always want we <laughs> always want to get rid of the half year growing up we always wanted like the extra year now i want no I'm, was it when you were in double digits yeah yeah now i so want to hit 10 i, I want to be 40 again i was right there with you because <laughs> i i noticed that dad made sure to say my almost 10 year because she would have yeah. said yeah I'm, I'm almost 10 that's exactly right exactly. so it stops when you hit 10 something like and then, that and then it's 10 yeah. 11 12 but up until okay i'm almost 45 <laughs> well, <laughs> me too sure you are in your dreams buddy um we are explain once again to listeners out there why we're talking legislative stuff now isn't the session in march april may well actually in in even number years uh, which 2020 we're coming up on uh they have legislative session from january to early march and uh, they do that for a variety of reasons but it was actually in the uh, constitutional amendments that were passed uh, last election cycle that it's actually in the constitution now so on odd number years which we are in now the last session was uh, uh, march april may in even number of years, you got January to March. Technically speaking, it is a part-time job to be a state lawmaker, although I would contend it's a pretty demanding part-time job to be a, a state lawmaker. Yeah, and, and almost all of them have full-time occupations in some way, uh, in, in some form. Uh, a lot of them are attorneys. You've got insurance executives, business executives. You even have a few college students that are uh, that are uh, elected state representatives in, in the House. Um, but uh, I, I, last I checked, it's somewhere in the $30,000 range, 30 to 40, depending right. on your, uh, your position and if you're in leadership. But it is far outweighed by the amount of hours you spend in constituent relations uh both during uh the legislative session uh and when you're in your district in between sessions you're constantly dealing with uh things that come up in your district so the governor though along with the cabinet they are definitely full-time positions yes and uh, as a result the governor is constantly working on and dealing with certain issues uh licensing regulatory reform what are we what are we hearing yeah that was the one issue that I was surprised because it was such a big priority of the governor in mm -hmm. 2019 when he first came in. If you remember, he convened the big deregathon uh, in Orlando. Uh, it was the one big priority of his that did not get across the finish line. So as they begin to move into the committee weeks, which begin in mid-September for 2020, I would expect occupational licensing is one of those bills that gets filed early, gets move through committees and gets teed up for some early action in in the first part of the 2020 session when it comes to the legislature there's also a transition happening there with bill galvano and then the uh, speaker of the house jose oliva yeah the 
second year of each of their terms is typically when the speaker and president designates will begin asserting a little bit more political clout. You'll see them a little bit more publicly because of the way that we pick speakers and Senate presidents uh, in Florida and the the fact that they're lined up. uh, You'll begin to see them a lot more uh, and then into the first year of their official term as speaker and Senate president. When we come back, we're going to talk specifically about corrections, criminal justice, reforms, budgets, all of the different issues, because it's taken up a good bit of time on the program in the last few months. We'll talk about that next on The Morning Show with Preston Scott. When you thought you were right. The Morning Show with Preston Scott on News Radio 100.7 WFLA. Exactly. Just when you thought you were right, then you listened to me and realized how wrong you were. Sal Nuzo, yeah. I just wanted to uh, remind you to remind Sal. I'll remind Sal since he can hear me. The girls don't know they're on camera. Hmm. Yeah. So. They're on camera. Have them wave. You can wave. Wave at the camera. You can, you can, yeah, the camera's right over my shoulder right Where, there. Where's the camera? It's, it's right up, it's, it's right up there. Yep. Yeah. So you're stars now. You guys are all stars. Um, criminal justice reform, uh, corrections, you know, I've, I've had interactions and I feel, I feel bad because the task of dealing with, let's just start with, corrections is almost insurmountable yeah it's one of those things where it's it's a challenge in a crisis that we have currently that has evolved over many many years uh, probably the last 25 years and what happened was is that the legislators and 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 governors of previous eras were dealing with real challenges that they had at the time and so in the 90s uh, early to mid 90s you had a series of uh, very aggressive laws that were passed in Florida things mm-hmm. like mandatory minimums uh, three strike laws, uh, 1020 life, and a number of other, uh, the 85% rule, so we did away with parole. Could it be argued, let me just pause, could it be argued that those have played a role in reducing crime in the state? Oh, sure. And you can you can argue that that from there, there are causal factors, and research has shown we addressed many of the challenges that we had in the 90s. Uh, What's happened over time, though, is we have ballooned into incarcerating just about 100,000 individuals in the state of Florida. Our corrections budget is about $2.8 billion with a B. Our incarceration rate is higher than I think just about every other state in the United States. So in every kind of policy, you have, you know, kind of those that are helped and then you have an evolution into kind of side effects. And so what we have now seen is that the 1020 life laws, the uh, the mandatory minimums and the in particular, the way that we're treating nonviolent drug offenses in the state of Florida has allowed the correctional population to explode to what it is now. And it's untenable. Oh, yeah. Yeah, in many respects. So, so of the two point eight billion, 
Right. There is very little left for things like training and treatment and things that are going to impact the 95% of the individuals that are actually going to get released one day. And so you have this kind of perpetuating crisis that, um, the, and in fairness, the legislature has acknowledged it. And over the last four, three to four years, three to four sessions, they've begun to nibble at the, the kind of the $2.8 billion pie to figure out how can we better reinvest that money the only challenge is the only way you can start that is by figuring out how to get some of those folks that are incarcerated out of housing you have to find a way to incentivize inmates to want to get better and that's gaining time yep off their sentence yep and at the same time there are other crises as i see it is the inability to pay their correctional officials in the prisons on the ground appropriately. Oh, yeah. And so because of the 85% rule, because we've done away with parole for the most part, you also have an incredibly aging prison population. So they require more care. They require more cost. As a result, you're crowding out other areas that you want to invest in, namely in getting better guards and paying them more and holding them to higher standards. We come back. We're going to continue the discussion. What is on the horizon? What might we see come session? What might we see come committee week? I know I'll be involved in committee week. That and more with Sal Nuzo with the James Madison Institute on the morning show with Preston Scott. On your phone with the iHeartRadio app and on hundreds of devices like Alexa, Google Home, Xbox, and Sonos. Now that's crazy. And iHeart's radio station. Time moves when you're having fun, no doubt. Sal Nuzo of the James Madison Institute with me. One final segment on the program. We're talking about uh, the upcoming session and uh, corrections, criminal justice, and so forth. What do you expect to happen? Well, um, the legislature has done quite a few things over the last three or four sessions. So about four sessions ago, they did uh, away with the mandatory minimum for aggravated assault, which uh, had the result of a lot of the warning shot cases uh, were no longer subject to mandatory minimums. They also increased the threshold weights for certain painkillers uh, for possession that triggered a trafficking charge. It used to be you could have five or six pills and be charged as a drug trafficker with a mandatory minimum of seven years. I mean, they they upped the thresholds just not enough. So what I think uh, they will begin to take a look at this session is further upping those. I mean, you could have a case where um, a, a 21-year-old grabs a, a half-used uh, prescription bottle from their parents, gets stopped, and the 15 pills can still trigger a trafficking charge. I would like to see them do something along those lines. The other big one is going to be wholesale reform of the mandatory minimum system for, for nonviolent offenses. Right. Uh, they've tried to do that over the last uh, several sessions. They've kind of kind of butted up the senate is butted up against the house on that they're not as uh, they're not as convinced that that's going to be a, a a major driving factor for getting the 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 cost down uh, but we still have it's somewhere in the 40 percent range of folks that were incarcerating as traffickers but they're actually addicts in need of treatment and so that's a big challenge sal is the discussion nuanced to the point where we're going to start splitting hairs on violent 
offenders versus threat of violent offenders where no violence ever takes place but there was the threat of one i i you know the libertarian in me hopes not um i i I hope we don't move in the direction where we're incarcerating people for the the potential to do something but but let me give you an example where it's it's real world for example an armed robber yep he threatens somebody with a gun Mm-hmm. But there's no act, there's no pistol whipping, there's no pulling of a trigger, there's nothing. But there was the threat, severe threat of severe violence and potentially, you know, harm. That That's actually a violent crime. That's a, it, But that's my yes, point. Absolutely. Are we getting to where we're going to start whittling those types out where there's not violence committed? I get you. Sorry. Sorry, I was mis- no, that's fine. mishearing you. Yes, absolutely. So what we need to start looking at are the 30 to 40 something percent of inmates who have absolutely no violence violent history even in that kind of a capacity okay so 30 to 40 percent of the roughly 100,000 so 30 to 40,000 inmates in the state prison system are not there due to their violent crimes Correct. or anything like that. Correct. We've got some research that we uh, that we uh, did, uh, gosh, it was about two or three years ago with the Reason Foundation that took a look at the, um, the, the inmate population. And you've got a significant portion of the individuals who are incarcerated having no violent history. You've got another uh, significant portion that have never been incarcerated before the first offense that they were incarcerated for. And when you start carving at those segments, you can begin to make some significant progress in uh, whether or not you want to call it decarceration or right-sizing the correctional system. And again, that $2.8 billion I don't know that we're going to get to a place where you actually save taxpayer dollars. What you want to do is better invest those taxpayer dollars. Not spend them, but invest them. Yes. So the $2.8 billion, you can begin to carve out several hundred million dollars of that that begins to in that you can begin to invest in drug treatment while folks are incarcerated, better job training programs. They passed a bill last year or last session that uh, lowered some occupational licensing barriers for folks that were incarcerated uh, because they're getting training for certain occupations while they're inside. So there are a number of things that you can better invest and better use that money for rather than just brick and mortar. And and again, to speak to the, uh, the topic that you were talking about, paying guards better, getting better quality folks. Removing um, the incentive to yeah. take part in the trafficking that happens inside the contraband inside prisons. Exactly. And so a number of those things can begin to see progress, but only when we are actually working at lowering the the number of folks that are incarcerated making it manageable you got it yeah it's a lot of people don't realize it but for example to get in the ged program there's a wait. you You, got not everybody gets to do it if they want to exactly and those are some of the things where better stewardship of the of the money going in can only be had when we're looking at at reducing that population from where it's at now to something more right-sized and manageable hope they find the money and i hope they find a way to at least reduce the numbers that are in there. Yes, indeed. On both sides of that, yes, inside indeed. and out. Yes, indeed. Thanks for coming in. See you next month. Always a pleasure. The fun starts next month. Indeed it does. All right, Sal Nuzo with us with the James Madison Institute. The news is next. It's the morning show with Preston Scott. 
track of the clock because you've got a chance to win a trip to Vegas for our iHeartRadio Music Festival and $1,000 in less than 30 minutes on WFLA. Oh boy, it is a fast-moving day here on the morning show. David Allen over there, Studio 1 AM here in Studio 1B. Preston at iHeartRadio.com if you want to send me an email. Goodness knows a lot of people have today. Just a ton of email on the subject of gun violence. Uh, People trying to come up with their reasons why they think it's going on. There is a common thread in an awful lot of the email and comments, and it's a lack of of authority, uh, a lack of moral guidance, a lack of, uh, of, you know, I, I always use the term north on a compass. You know, when you don't sense that there's uh, God and you're not taught to believe that there's God and that there are consequences to actions, you know, I, I don't know how to put it other than this. When when Dave and I and you, many of you were in school and you had a problem with somebody at school, you just you just had a problem with them and you went and solved it. And you, you never once considered shooting somebody. You never once considered taking out a baseball bat or a knife although those random things happened infrequently in the world and in our country, you didn't think that way. You just didn't. You just, you settled it. And me, and that doesn't mean that you won or you lost. You settled it. Let me ask you it this way. Do you think we should bring back fighting? Not well, it never went away, but you're talking about it being one of those things where, you know, no, I don't think that. And I'll tell you why. Because we can't handle it. Well, let's look at it this way. So we're told not to get angry. We're not to raise our fists, uh, not to hit somebody else, which honestly is a good thing. Good policy. But there are times when we when we got mad when we were kids and we got mad at each other. Sometimes we got into a tussle and fists were thrown, and you got your your anger out. And then you walked away with your best friend whom you just had a fight with. Or your new friend, or you didn't become friends, but you were like, it's settled. It's settled. That's what I mean. You go out and settle it. Now we're not settling anything. At least we should learn how to uh, discuss the situation to get those emotions out. I don't disagree with you, but David, look at where we are culturally. There are no more winners and losers. Yeah, that's a good point. And because of that... Unless I whip your butt, then everybody knows I just whipped your butt. But here's the thing. Again, I'm not promoting... Hold on, hold on. No, we're just talking honestly here. But today, how often have I said to you, these types of actions are going to happen more and more because kids don't know how to handle rejection being told no right uh no you're not allowed to do that they don't know how to process that so they simply act out now take that kid that you just had an attitude adjustment session with right right it could be a peer but let's we're back in high school days college days that kid now goes and gets a gun that's the difference that's the difference. Back in the day, you never would have even conceived of anything like that. Right. Ever. Were there guns? You better believe it. Had them all over my house. I had two brothers that were cops. You kidding me? 
Are you kidding me? Heck yeah. But the bottom line is you'd never even dreamed of retribution like that. If there was a fight, there was a fight and you just were done with it. That was the line. That's exactly right. And 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 the reality is is in this day and age we are dealing with emotional snowflakes. And the only way, because we we because of social media and a host of other reasons, we have made them legendary for committing these kinds of crimes. But the way you're saying it is, we can never back it down. Nope. You can't. Un- I don't believe we can. You can't uncross that line. I don't believe we can. Now, for everyone who says we need to put God back in schools, I completely, completely agree. Completely agree. We need to put them back in home first. We need to have dad at home. We need to have whole families. And I understand there are a bunch of people listening right now. You're the victim of a divorce. I get it. I get it. I'm just, we're just talking. Hey, that's what I do. It's the morning show with Preston Scott. In a trip for two to our iHeartRadio Music Festival in Vegas and $1,000. Listen for the keywords at 5 after on WFLA. Man. Yesterday I alluded to this. I, I just, I have to get to it. I just can't pass this over another day. We, we've just endured multiple different shark weeks, Nat Geo, Discovery, you know, the shark weeks that happen every year. Correct. End of July, August. We just, you just had a conversation with Sal Nuzo as he was on his way out talking about scallops and, and alligators. No, oh, alligators. Alligators. Oh, I didn't hear that. Yeah, part. it was a 12-foot alligator that someone nearly stepped on that oh. was laying in the weeds while they were scalloping. That's nice. They've got a picture of it, too. I'm like, Thanks very much. Yeah, send really that right, right away. Um, history professor Timothy Weingard, new book, Mosquito, A Human History of Our Deadliest Predator. And think about this. Last year, he chronicles in details and proves mosquitoes were responsible for killing 850,000 people. Sharks, 10. Annually, the normal average is 2 million. Doing the math, he said uh, there are 110 trillion mosquitoes stocking the world at this very minute. With only a handful of places like Antarctica that don't have them. These insects harbor 15 lethal diseases. Most deadly are the toxic twin of malaria and yellow fever, but mosquitoes also transmit other lethal viruses, West Nile, Zika, worms, parasites. Maybe Discovery Channel Shark Weeks need, needs to be rebranded Mosquito Week. Pests played a role in the American Revolution, in the Civil War, in World War I, in World War II. Annual averages, here you go. All across the world, humans are responsible for the deaths of 475,000 other humans. Snakes, snakes, 50,000. 
Sand flies, 25,000. Sand flies? Tsetse flies. Oh, the tsetse fly. 10,000. Crocodiles, 1,000. Hippos, 500. Elephants, and these are rounded numbers. 100. Lions, 100. Sharks, 10. Wolves, 10. Mosquitoes, annually, on average, 2 million. By the way, if you're interested, everyone's susceptible, but the most frequently bitten people, pregnant women, they suffer twice as much because they have a slightly higher body temperature and respire 20% more carbon dioxide, which is how mosquitoes hunt victims, carbon dioxide. People who have excess amounts of lactic acid, uric acid, and ammonia also have the bad luck of attracting more mosquitoes. Mosquitoes prefer people with type O blood who are bitten twice as often as those with type A. Type B falls in between. Stinky feet are, <laughs> quote, a mosquito aphrodisiac. Wow. So clean up the smelly tootsies if you want to avoid, to, uh, avoid being a mosquito meal. Unfortunately, being too clean is also a risk factor. Mosquitoes love the smell of deodorants, perfumes, soaps, and other fragrances. Fragrances. Maybe that's it. Maybe I can get some of you ladies that insist on bathing in your perfume and going shopping and destroying the rest of us with raging headaches because your perfume stinks. How about this? You are attracting mosquitoes to yourself. Huh? Maybe that'll cut it back a little bit. And finally, sorry, I saved the worst for last for you. Mosquitoes prefer beer drinkers. It's the Morning Show with Preston Scott. Morning Show 180. Brought to you by Prime Meridian Bank. Try my bank. texted me and said uh, on the subject of dealing with things the old-fashioned way my middle school PE coach kept a set of boxing gloves when guys got a little feisty they took them to a gym privately and let them go a few minutes the weight of the gloves wore them out real quickly you know you wonder if you gave young people an outlet like that if they were just frustrated like do we need to put a, a a gym in there an mma gym a boxing gym where there's a heavy bag and you know a punching bag and you know speed bag and all just and let them just go just go beat the cheese out of that thing and then you know put on some headgear or whatever go 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 I, you know i don't know i, I just what I what I absolutely do know is that the media publicizing names of shooters is not helping. It's hurting. I know that. I have evidence. Remember the little girl that uh, was caught outside near Columbine? Was planning, was threatening to shoot up a school like the Columbine shooters did? She ended up taking a shotgun to herself. No small trick. But she was born a couple years after Columbine. How'd she know about it? Because these people are publicized. They're made cult heroes. 
and to kids that are outcasts feeling like they want they want someone to remember them that's what happens ridiculous i promise you tomorrow we'll be talking about the situation at the outside the bar in dayton and the uh walmart not from the why did this happen but okay are we gonna learn yet some lessons charlie strickland tomorrow in our personal defense segment also tomorrow bobby sylvester is back it's time to talk fantasy football it's the first full week of the preseason if you're a fantasy football player or know of somebody, get them tuning in. 840, we give you invaluable information and tips from one of the gurus at fantasypros.com. Also are, tomorrow on the program, Dr. Are, Irwin Jackson. Are we doing it this year? What's that? Actually playing fantasy football? I doubt it. <laughs> You've never played. If, no, I've never done it. If you can find me the right league, I'll, I'll do it with you. If you can, and I mean, it's got to be something that is really low maintenance. And I mean, cause I'm, I'm deferring to you brother. Cause I know nothing other than what Bobby's taught me. I'm, I'm, I am as novice as it gets. So if it's an well, easy, then we'll ask Bobby tomorrow. Yeah. If he can find us a league that is just simple as simple can be. Okay. I'll give it a shot. I'll do it just for fun. Just so you can have some bragging rights about something because you've lost every bet we've ever had on that's, this program. That's actually true. So, so I'm, and I'm fine with losing. I'm one of those guys that can take it because I'm really good at it. Uh, so, we'll, yeah, I'm all, I'm all in. If you want to find something, I'm all in. I, I'll commit that to you. Also, tomorrow on the program, Dr. Irwin Jackson, because today, former commissioner, former mayor, former, former. Scott Maddox is uh, former, and, former, and his former. longtime associate will plead guilty in U.S. federal court on federal corruption charges resulting from uh, an FBI sting. I wonder if uh, Commissioner Curtis Richardson believes there's corruption going on in the community yet. I, I just, I just don't see it. I don't, I don't see it. But we'll have Dr. Erwin Jackson, to whom really a lot of this, uh, a lot of the congratulations on seeing something happen belong to him and Steve Stewart at Tallahassee Reports but we'll get to all that tomorrow uh, today on the program obviously we talked a lot about the shootings uh, the political things that are coming as a result of it um, Senate President State Legislature Bill Gavano trying to understand once lawmakers try and weigh in on what can be done if anything you know why is this happening uh, we took your calls took a bunch of calls 10, 12, 14 calls. Uh, Democrats raising money off this stuff. Um, yeah. Gannett, the uh, paper that runs USA Today, Tallahassee Democrat, as well as all kinds of papers across the country, apparently going to be sold to New Media Investment Group. It will be a merger. They'll retain the Gannett name, but uh, the Gannett people will not be running the, the new Gannett outlet. So we'll see what happens. And uh, keep an eye on that and more. Will that lead to better news? Probably not, but we'll see. There's always hope. As always, we appreciate you listening to the broadcast. You can watch it. You can listen to it whenever you like on Facebook.com slash Preston Scott Show or on iHeartRadio. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.